You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Yes, rejoice, my beloveds, rejoice. For this is the day and this is the hour, saith God. I have risen you up to the holy of holies, to the high places, saith God. You will fight from the airways, saith the Lord, because the enemy is defeated. And you will see victory in the land, saith God, for I am raising you up into the high places. And I say unto thee, go forth, my loves, speak forth, open your mouths, for the prodigals are ready to be touched. The prodigals are ready to come into my glory, saith God, and I will use you mightily. So give up, saith the Lord. Give up all, all, anything that would cause you to stay, to stay back, saith the Lord, for you have a word in your mouth and it is from me, saith God. So go forth mightily, my loves. You are my beloveds and you're the ones that will touch them. For I have anointed you and appointed you for such a time as this. Climb in, climb into the holy of holies where I am there. My son is there. My spirit is there and in you, saith God. Rise up unashamedly and go forth. The prodigals are ready to come. Go get them. Go and get them. Go get them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Lord, we magnify your name. We honor you. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. That we are, can be the laborers that are sent forth into your harvest. And Lord, we honor you this morning. We thank you because of your very presence that's in this place. Oh, we just give you glory, give you praise, and thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that's here. I believe, Father, that you have a word in due season for us this morning, that you've brought a ministry gift into us, and that you're exhorting us to pay attention and to to listen with our hearts, hallelujah, and to receive all that you have. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your very presence in this place. We just honor you today. We give you glory and we give you praise. And it is in your wonderful son's name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, before you're seated, greet one another. Welcome each other there. We're so glad you're here with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't think we have any announcements, believe it or not, this week and stuff. Uh, you know, so uh, that's it. Well, well, we have VBS coming up, so that's the big announcement tomorrow. Yes, we want you to pray. We have 84 kids coming from 9 to 1230. So you guys, and if you, and if you don't have anything to do for this week, come and I'll, I'll put you to work. It'll be good. We'll have a good time. We'll have fellowship. So uh, we're believing for all of these kids to be touched by the power and the presence of God. We're working very diligently and we're working very hard on that to allow God to be God in our lives. Amen? And so, uh, you know, I praise God for that. I, I really do. It's going to be a great time and uh, uh, we are just looking for, but we do covet your prayers. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, the, the junior high is dismissed, right? Are you guys dismissing tonight, today? Yep, you are in the back. Okay, so if you're in junior high, you can go ahead and take off. Glory to God, and then I'm going to announce uh, 
Brother David Beebe here. Hallelujah. Get your full attention. Good kids. God's awesome. Good stuff. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that many of you probably never heard uh, Reverend David Beebe speak. He's been a dear friend of mine. Of course, everybody's been a dear friend of mine for years. We're all getting old. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, uh, (laughs) it's just, it is what it is. But that's a good thing. The, the alternative is, is, is not as good. So as far as that, I mean, actually heaven is better. But, you know, I could give you a lot of accolades about him. One of the things is he was the national director for Raymond Ministerial Association International, which is the organization in which I'm ordained under. And uh, he was my national director. Uh, also, we've had the joy of being able to go overseas together to uh, um, actually to Indonesia, to Australia, into, into Singapore, and uh, just uh, it was a blessing to be able to do those things and to be together and ministering together. And also he has been here and ministered and helped me start a school of ministry that we did and had, and it was a tremendous blessing. Uh, you know, he was an instructor at Raymond for many years, and just a blessing. He's been pastoring for years, too. See, when you get old, you can do everything. So, <laughs> but, you know, uh, just a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. And he is. He's, he's a teacher. He's an instructor. And I'm going to have him come up and just share. But I want you to give him a good, warm Harvest Bible Church welcome. <laughs> Reverend David, come on out, buddy. Praise God. How do I sound on this? Pretty good? Now, I've had some surgery on my mouth, so I'm learning how to speak again. Okay, so you have to listen. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, just take it as if it was speaking in tongues or something, and God will give you the interpretation. All right? How many are glad you're here? If I only came for the worship today... I got a lot out of it. Amen? Amen. Because when something pours out of my spirit, it helps my whole life. Amen? The greatest things that are going on today is what is coming out of you because the spirit of God lives on the the inside of you. Amen? Because a lot of times we're looking to heaven waiting for something to fall on us. But Jesus said, out of their out of your belly. How many have a belly? Okay, some of us have bigger rivers. All right. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now that message that came also, I hope you listen to that because what I'm going to be teaching is it is the time to go forth. It is the time to go forth. Amen. So I'm going to have help today. Uh, The scriptures are going to be up behind me. Is that right? Somewhere? King James? I'm not going to apologize for King James, all right? That's the Bible that Jesus carried. In every movie, Jesus was speaking King James. Moses is speaking... King James. All right. So our first scripture, are you ready for this? Because I believe this is a time not to set back 
and just receive. It's the time to find out who you really are. That didn't go over really well. Okay. And I'm not going to teach you something that I don't do myself. Back in 1970, when I got saved and filled with the Spirit, right away we were out on the streets. We're out going door to door, sharing Jesus with people. I wasn't called for the ministry that I knew of at that time. So do we have our first scripture up there? Which one is it? Good. Hey, I can read it up here. So I speak a couple of languages. English, King James, and Oklahoman. Y'all. Okay. It says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. Whose death? Stephen. Stephen. All right. And it goes on. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church. Now, most of us today think the great persecution is against the United States. But I'm going to show you what, how the devil has taken our, our minds and our actions off of the true purpose of the church. As a teacher, I'm just going to try to change our thinking a little bit. And what I'm going to share is full of the most power that you can get out of anything. So let's go on. Great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered, everyone say scattered, yeah. abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They stayed in town. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and, great, and made great lamentation over him. As for, and for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Can I say something? That is not a gift to the body of Christ. Believers should never cause havoc. The Spirit of God is never involved in division. Only multiplication and addition. Entering into every house, hailing men and women, committed them to prison. In other words, people lost their lives. Therefore, they, went, they were scattered abroad went they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching what? The word. Preaching the word. Amen. Preaching the word. Great, the greatest persecution. Oh, we got so, it's so bad in the U.S. today. It's so bad today. It's so bad today. I'm so tired of hearing that stuff. We have never had it so good as believers as we have it right now. We got the word of God. We got the spirit of God on the inside. All of our needs were met before we ever drew our first breath on this planet. Every need, his blood was shed for us. We got a new covenant better than Abraham. Better than Moses. We're in such a good place today. It just doesn't always feel like it. Amen. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached what? Christ. Christ unto them. 
Now, they were scattered everywhere. What, what were they doing? Preaching the word. Preaching the word. Philip went preaching Christ. So Christ is the word. And the word is Jesus. Is that, is that right? Amen. We should be so filled with the word and the appreciation that everywhere we go, it should just pour out of us. People are praying for a revival. Folks, we are in it right now. You might be stopped up in your belly. I mean, what can hold back a river? You can, you can, you know, a little bit, but eventually it's going to go over. Rivers of living water. Amen. And that's your purpose. You say, Brother Bibi, I'm not called to ministry. Oh, yes. You is. Yeah, but I just I, stop making excuses and tell everyone about Jesus. You want to see signs, wonders, and miracles? My kids, well, now they're spread out everywhere. We go shopping. They said, Dad, would you sit in the car? I'm going. Because, Dad, you're going to talk to everybody in there. You talk to everybody. Dad, you talk to dogs. And cats and deer. I do. I do. Uh, on my way out in Wyoming, I I just pulled off because I was tired of driving. So I and I saw this dirt road and, I, and there was a sign, some sort of a nature preserve, and I thought, okay, that's for me. So I drove down in there, and um, and so I just slowed down. And a, uh, a little pronghorn antelope comes out of the bush. Do you know anything about those things? They're about as fast as you can get. And they're skittish. They're just, you can't get near them. Okay? This little one came out about, oh, well, pretty close. Maybe for me, me to the camera. Comes right out. And my car was stopped. It looks right at me. And I'm going, my camera is there and it's off. And so I said, hey, little one, what are you doing? And it froze <laughs> and stayed there for five minutes while I photographed it. <laughs> and people say, Hi. I said, talk to him. <laughs> I talk to everybody. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I don't talk about me. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, went to a laundromat the other day. You want to know why I went? Because I meet people there. So um, there was an older gentleman. I'm old now. Who's older than me? Got talking to him a little bit. I said, you were in the military, weren't you? He said, yeah, how'd you know? Well, people in the military, they kind of, they carry themselves a certain way. Okay? Got talking to him. And he hadn't been going to church in years and years and years. I said, what church did you used to go to? 
He said, Assembly of God. I thought, aha. So I can talk about anything now. (laughs) And he said, now, he said, the churches that he went to, I think his wife had passed. He hadn't shared that, but I had that feeling about him. An old farmer, old farmer, started talking to him. Just trying, okay, I found out he was born again. And then started to encourage him a little bit. Encourage him. Encourage him. Encourage him. Yeah, yeah. He says, well, my church has changed. I said, Jesus hasn't. He's the same. He's the same. You know where he was born and was raised? Just outside of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. We both had we both had people that we knew. I could tell you story after story after story. Now, what are people telling us right now? Stay away from people. Hello. Obviously, there's some wisdom to that. What do they call it? Social distancing. What's new? I've pastored for years. There are believers that have social distanced themselves from church for years and years and years. <laughs> Staying home was nothing to them. They did it with joy. Are you listening to me? This is taking a little different angle than what I was going to do. Did you know that you very well could be the answer to somebody's prayer. Angels don't preach the gospel. Jesus doesn't come back and and preach the gospel. The church, you and I, are to declare Jesus. Notice that it said preach. Somebody just said preach. They preached the word. They preached Jesus. Do you know what the word preach means? Because we think it's a style. Oh, man, he was preachy today. The pre, to preach, that word preach means to declare. It doesn't mean to explain. It means to announce something. So I'm going to tell you the most powerful words that have ever been uttered on this planet in any language. Hello, are you ready? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He's raised from the dead for our justification. He is alive forevermore. Now, several things just happened that you might not know about. Okay? You might not know about this. Number one, he's the high priest of what we say. So, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. Is that right? I don't know if you believe this. But when I just said that about Jesus, 
Jesus at the right hand of the Father turned to the Father and said, Dave Beebe just confessed me before men. He's a high priest of what we say. He's the high priest of what we say. But something else happened at the same time. The faith to bring about the greatest miracle on this planet was just deposited into your heart if it never was before. And you can't stop it. The faith to be born again, to receive him as your savior. It's the greatest miracle. If you were missing an arm and God gave you a brand new arm, that's kind of secondary to the new birth. And the power is now in you to cause that miracle and any other thing that you need from God. Now I'm going to show you this. It says, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. They went everywhere preaching the word. Went, Philip went and preached Christ unto them. I'm not going to finish that portion of scripture. But it resulted in people being healed, saved, delivered. Okay? And it was, there was great joy in that city. If we'll proclaim Jesus the way we should, there will be great joy in our cities, in our states, and in our nation. Do I have to convince you of that? Then what have we been doing? Yeah, but I'm praying. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Stop it. Stop it. He's waiting on you. <laughs> Gary Crowell, this has been a while, now a year or so. He and Connie came to um, Michigan to uh, visit. We ended up talking about some things that we're now doing. And um, I got a call from a family, from a family where I hadn't seen them in church, but maybe Twice in two years. Okay? Why bother? Stay home. You know what I'm talking about? But he called because his, it was his brother or sister, their family had a baby born with a deform, uh, deformity in the brain. Heart was messed up. Yeah, a little baby, a little tiny thing. They were not expecting the baby to live. They, he said, Pastor, I know you live close to that hospital. Would you go and, and pray for the baby? I said, sure. Sure. I didn't have to pray for that. When Jesus said, go ye, he didn't say, go wait. <laughs> Come on. He said, go ye. Everyone say, go. Go. Yeah. Our feet are shed, or shod with the gospel of peace. Go ye. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, our profile 
is one of movement. We're moving. All right. We went. Uh, I mean, I went. I was going to go. And Gary says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the hospital. He says, I'm going with you. You know Gary, Connie. Here we go. The family wasn't there. They wouldn't let us in to see the baby. That's a problem. Because I could see myself laying hands on that child. Wasn't going to happen. We waited an hour. They didn't show up. Okay. I said, okay, Gary, what do you think? He says, is there cloth that we can lay our hands on or something? I said, I don't have anything. I said, but maybe they have something in the gift shop, maybe a little stuffed animal. We got on the elevator and there's, uh, I forget how many, maybe eight people on there. Something like that. Four men, four women. They were all had the same, their suits all matched. <laughs> and they had briefcases. And they were going to another floor. And they said, what floor? I said, we're going to the gift shop. Down the, I said, we have to find a stuffed animal. And one of the ladies goes, she goes, no, you don't. I have one right here. She reached in her briefcase and pulled out a little stuffed animal. It was the Aflac duck. <laughs> this is the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they were going to every room giving out these little ducks that when you squeeze them, they go, Aflac. <laughs> I said, that, 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 they said, here, take this. I said, we'll pay you for it. And they go, no, we're giving them out. So we got off on the next floor and took an Aflac duck. We told the nurse, this, we've prayed, and would you just put this in with the baby? Yeah. She has no brain problem. She has no heart problem. They're saying, well, as she grows, they're going to have to do some things. She's alive forevermore. Amen. You see, when you talk about Jesus all the time, I could, I could bore you with stories. I could just tell, I mean, there's so many things. The moment you mention Jesus, your identity is lost in him. Amen? That's a good thing. What's our next verse? I don't. My notes aren't out yet. You're helping me. Okay, we're going to go to the next reference. I'm not going to uh, finish that one out. Are you going to make me get my notes out? I am. But what saith it? The word is near thee, or nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. It's already there. I don't know what to say. Yeah, come on. It's there. That is the word of faith which we preach. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth all of thy sins. See, I'm concerned that the church doesn't really know the message for people to get saved. 
There's no way you can remember all your sins anyway. That'd be a miracle. Everything that you said wrong, did wrong, thought wrong, sins of omission. You'd have to have God on the inside of you before you were saved. You know, and what if you... See, people are preaching sin out there, trying to get people to change. It's not, the gospel isn't what you're going to do with your sin, because Jesus already did that for you. The big question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Are you either going to receive what he did, or are you going to reject him? Oh, I'm not going to reject him. I'm not really saying I'm... Then you want to receive it? Because there's only one of two things. Once they hear the gospel, the Spirit of God has something to work on. Yeah. Are you with me? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Okay. And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Don't you dare make it harder than what it is. I have been accused of teaching easy believism. You're making it too simple. No, no, I'm here to tell you, Jesus made it simple. How dare you make it hard? I'm not somebody's judge. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't know if God loves you. Are you listening to me? Yeah, get your feelings involved. Don't do that. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Are you keeping up with me now? For the scriptures say, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Remember that word ashamed. Remember that word. I'll come back to it. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. I heard a guy preaching once and he said, the Jew and the geek. (laughs) That is true. There's no difference. For the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him. Jesus will never be poor to you. Okay. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then... Here, it's easy for me to read it. How then shall they call on him who they've not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Next verse. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful, here's your feet again, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring Glad tidings of good things. I'll never forget who shared with me. Your pastor reminds me so much of the guy that led me to the Lord. How, you were 6'3", th- my friend was 6'4", all-state basketball player. Yeah, I thought he was perfect. And when he told me he got saved, I'm going, 
you need saving. Your life is made. But they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, now listen, when it says they've not all obeyed the gospel, they're not just talking about those that are here. They're also talking about those that should be out there. There's two parts here. They've not all obeyed. Pastor Mark, do you remember the percentage of how many born-again people ever lead one more person to the Lord? It's way long. It's in single digits. That's hard to say. For me, not you. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Next verse. So then, now here's where this verse is interesting because we take this out of its context in a way and use it for only one thing, usually like either prosperity or healing. But the true setting for this is evangelism. Hello. Oh, we need the power. Open your mouth. My brother, medical doctor, he went to Bible college. He, he thought, well, it's good that I went, but that's not really what I'm called to do. He then, with four kids, went to medical college. Did really, really good. He's just retired a couple of years ago. To hear him talk about the miracles that he's seen because he prays for his patients. Most evangelists would give a lot of money to have those testimonies. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Every one of us in here, if you're born again, you should have a fresh testimony of someone you've just shared Jesus with. And you should have fresh testimonies of people that have been healed and delivered and set free. Every one of us. Because I'm here to tell you, if I can get that far today, I'm here to tell you, every one of us, not just the preachers, every one of us will stand in front of Jesus and give account. See, your inheritance, healing and prosperity and the new birth and that's all yours as a child of God. That's all settled. You receive it by faith. But over here, there is going to be a judgment seat of Christ. Number one, were you faithful to what he told you to do? Number two, did you walk in love while you were doing it? So in the body of Christ, there's no such thing as, well, I am just a Sunday school teacher, or I am just a fill in the blank. There's no such thing as that. Have you been faithful? Did you walk in love? Okay. He that's faithful in the least... Amen? You know what the least thing, the very least thing for believers, the very least, is the ministry of reconciliation. And we'll have to give account. I'm just doing you a favor. I'm not trying to get you under condemnation. My encouragement is let's pick up our pace. Let's get out there. Let's go out and do it. Just do it. My brother, when he was a med tech, drawing blood out of people, he was a pain in the neck at that time. 
he was a pain in the neck. We'd be sitting there talking, and he's looking at the veins in my arm. He said, I could draw blood out of you easily. Good thing he was married, because that's another, not a very good pickup line. You know what I'm talking about? How'd you meet? Well, you wanted to draw blood. I think I saw that movie once. But anyway, he was told, he says, this guy has fallen into a press, a pressing machine that presses up parts automatically. He tripped, fell headfirst, and it pressed his head. And his skull was open from back here all the way here. It was a mess. They told my brother, you can um, draw blood out of him now, or you can take it after he's dead. Something on the inside said, why don't you go do that now? He went down there. He saw the situation. They had him on an, the gurney that they do autopsies on. That's where they put him, shoved him down a hallway, covered him up. That's where he was. He was at the very end. My brother went down there, drew blood, just turned to go, and he saw himself do something. He just reached out his hand and put it on the man's foot and just prayed in the spirit. He says, that's all I need to do. Three days later, the man is up walking the hallways of the hospital telling everyone how God had healed him. I told this at Rama. Now, I see some Rama graduates here. Um, my best students absolutely are here. Absolutely my favorites are here in this church. Okay. I shared that in a class. And right after class, you know, I'm getting the mic off and things like that. I happened to catch this one young lady. She just popped up and pushed her way down the aisle and ran up. She goes, did that happen in Grand Rapids, Michigan? I said, yeah, how'd you know? That man lives across the street from us. And he's alive. He's normal in every way. He tells everyone about Jesus. Hello. I can tell you stories just from my brother's experience. Are you listening to me? If we opened up a mic right now, there would be hundreds of testimonies in this room. Amen. My job is to stir this thing up again. Okay. My watch is almost no good anymore. Yeah. I need some missing links. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How many are tired of this yet? Are you all right? Are you all right? Mm-hmm. Because today, you can share Jesus with somebody. And somebody's praying out there, Lord, send somebody to my son, send somebody to my daughter, send somebody to... 
Thank God for nurses and doctors and people out there, ambulance drivers. I know a bunch of them. They don't just help the people at their job. They share Jesus. People working in insane asylums and tough places. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 1. Um, do we have that? Starting with verse 15. So as much as what? As what? You don't know what's on the inside until you start giving it out. You, you, you'll never know who you really are until you start giving away what you know. And who you, you, you're not even going to know who you could have been. Well, brother, I'm shy. How many of us shy people are in here? When I, I see that hand. That's all right. You're being honest. Do you have, do you have children? Do you have one children? Any more? One child. Okay. If you ask a mom that might be a grandmother, she has something to say. <laughs> and she will not be shy about it. Another example. How many have worked with somebody that at the job and you see them every day? they have finally fallen in love with somebody. How many know what I'm talking about? I see that hand. Is it you? Okay. But somebody meets, okay, well, maybe it's another girl that meets a guy. All she can talk about, all she can talk about, I mean, they say love is blind, (laughs) deaf and dumb. I've seen this happen, and they start talking about, you know, you, you listen to him, and after a while, you, you picture this guy that she's dating, and you think, he, he must be as tall as a professional basketball player. Must be a weightlifter. He must be able to fly through the air. You know what I'm talking about? Then you meet him. This, but we're talking about Jesus because when you love somebody, you talk about him. If you're in love, in your love, I've been married 49 years. I was three when I was married. There's Pinocchio. No. And, and it comes out. That love seeps out. You got children. It seeps out, doesn't it? Don't tell me you're shy. Don't tell me you're shy. Can I see pictures of your kids, your grandkids? Yeah. Okay. Now, this verse For as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Do you know what that means at that time in history to go to Rome and preach? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I don't like this about our country. You would not have liked Nero. <laughs> and yet the church grew. Yes, amen. Come on. Prospered. The church just went crazy with the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, amen. Under the greatest persecution. And we sat back there and said, Oh Lord, change this and change that. Only God can change somebody from the inside out. Yeah, but I don't like this person. What they do, what they say. Go tell them about Jesus. Amen. Or at least pray for him. For I am not ashamed. I told you I was going to get to this. I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ. For it. 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 The gospel. The words that we speak. It is the power of God. Power. Greek word there is uh, dynamis. It means the dynamite, miracle working power of God. Where Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth that word are possible there is that word right there. Dynamis. It's the same one. Okay. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice this is, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Now, what do you think that word means? Does everyone know what a concordance is? I'm not ashamed. It's a big, long Greek word, two words put together. It comes from a word to feel disgrace. But it was used in society back then for someone whose face was disfigured. And therefore disgrace or felt disgrace. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. If you are nervous, if you hide behind shyness, did you know that disfigures the face that we should portray to our generation? Interesting word. Not telling about Jesus is causing you to be disfigured in some way. Think about that. Yeah, but I'm such a nice guy. And people say I'm cute. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We think the person we see in the mirror is really us. You really haven't seen yourself in the mirror. You want to know why? That mirror is only a reflection. It ain't you. Mm -hmm. I got a Greek lesson for that, but I won't do it. That word also means to feel shame. Are you ready for this? For yourself. So shame 
concerning sharing Jesus with people. Many people don't do it. Self-pity. Self-ish-ness. Yeah, but what are they going to think about me? If I tell them I'm a Christian... Are you listening to me? Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Are you listening to me? I'm not ashamed of my kids. I'm not ashamed of my wife. I'm not ashamed of my church. I'm not ashamed of anything concerning God. Hello? And because of that, I'm going to tell everybody how wonderful Jesus is. And what he'll do for them. Actually, it's what he's already done for them and will continue to do for them and with them for the rest of their lives. I didn't know who I was until I found out Jesus loved me. I've been learning ever since because I read the word. But being in Christ is only part of that revelation. We're the body of Christ. We are representing him in this earth today. So why would I want to get judgmental? Why would I want to get political when people need mercy? Are you listening to me? I mean, you can, you can believe and you can... What you want to, you can, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, matter of fact, I could get real political if I wanted to. That was going to be my major in college. Yeah. So they say, two things you don't talk about at a party. Where are they? Politics and religion. My favorites. Ask me the last party I went to. (laughs) Because when somebody comes up and says, what have you been doing with your life? I tell them. (laughs) And if they think whoever is in charge of our government is the answer to our financial prosperity and our physical well-being... I'm preaching another gospel. Do I have opinions? Ask me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People come up and they say, you know, Brother Bibi, can I tell you what I don't like about you? I said, sure. That's that's fine. Go ahead. And when you're done... (laughs) It will be my turn. End of conversation. I'd rather talk about Jesus. Yeah. I would have been dead. I'd have been an alcoholic, a drug addict, because that's where I was headed. And he saved me. He loved me. He loved me. When Jesus died for the world, everyone was a sinner. Everyone. 
our commandment as a church is to love as Jesus loved us. Is that right? We sang about that this morning. Our commandment is to love. That means to love the unlovely. That means nobody can earn the love of God and shouldn't be able to earn our love for them. So it doesn't matter what kind of sin that they're in. Jesus died for that person. Yeah, but God's not going to accept them because they have this lifestyle. Oh, really? And he took you in? Because I would think the church is full of judgmental people already. There's already enough criticism, I imagine, in the church for him to want you. That's why our words need to be filled with love and compassion and mercy. I'm not saying you have to like everything, but I am telling you, you have to love everybody. And one of the reasons the church doesn't reach out to those lost and dying people out there that are searching, searching, is because we are not fulfilling the commandment of love first. In other words, we don't value people like God does. I'm going to finish with this example, I think. My biggest enemy is the clock. Because I don't, I don't ever finish. My wife, years ago, she went to an estate sale in Virginia. I was preaching there. So she went with the pastor's wife, and they went, found out later on, they went to an estate sale. So they were going, bouncing all over the mountains. She comes back. And she says, now, when you load the car back up, be careful. I've got some things in there. I said, what things? She says, I found some real treasures in there. (laughs) Now, what I first thought is, you paid money for that junk? (laughs) Come on, man. Are you with me on this thing? Come on. No, you're not with me? I am not ashamed (laughs) to be a man of God. Isn't that right, honey? Whole nother subject, just as important. What she thought were valuable antiques, and they may have been. To me, they were junk. She was willing to pay a certain price for that. I was ready to take them off the car. Okay? Years ago, there was a young man that had a Nolan Ryan rookie card. Yeah. And he went and sold it. No, he went to buy it. That's, this is how he got it. He went to buy a Nolan Ryan rookie card And the marking on the cards in the card store was um, like 1200. He got that card, took it up, and he says, how much is this? And the clerk says, $12. Well, she misread it. She thought it was, you know, 12.00. No, it was $1,200. And the young man paid $12. 
for a card that was worth 1200 and now it's worth a lot more now. Yeah. Ladies, in here, be honest with me, how many of you would pay $12 for a baseball card? Yeah. Really? Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah, whatever. With the knowledge you have of it, yeah, yeah. Nolan Ryan, you don't know? Okay. Yeah, that's all right. A lot of people wouldn't pay $12 for a, a baseball card. A lot of people would shell out 1200 The word redeem means to purchase. When it says that we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, did you know it's not the seller that determines the cost of something? It's the buyer. The buyer determines the value. So in God's thinking, when he redeemed you personally, while yet you were yet a sinner, in God's thinking, when he paid the blood of his son Jesus to redeem you alone, in God's mind, you are equal in his mind to Jesus himself. Every sinner, every sinner, every sinner, there's no such thing as a good sinner and a bad sinner. Yeah, but I was a religious sinner. I'm much better than thou, the drug user, sinner. No. God was willing to redeem you for a certain cost. So in his mind, you're valuable to him. In our minds, if we had the same value on sinners out there that have never been born again, if we valued them, we pass by miracles every day and we're too busy to stop and talk to people. Why? Because we don't value them. We don't value the person living on the street or the someone who's diseased, somebody that's quadriplegic. We don't value them like Jesus does. And we wonder why we're not in a revival. How did it get so quiet in there? <laughs> so I'm going to move on to an invitation right now. If you want to... Please bow your heads. And really, if you don't want to bow your head, you don't have to. You can look at me straight in the eye. 
Have you been born again? Have you had that miracle of the new birth so you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your home, God is your Father, and Jesus is your Lord? Do you know that? But there might be people here that have never had that miracle. And if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you've heard the gospel, he died on the cross for your sins. He is the Son of God. He was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead for you. If you were the only one in his mind, it would be worth it. He's alive forevermore. If you've never had that miracle, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Some people say, well, you know, I've committed so many sins. It makes no difference. God takes us where we're at. Gives you a brand new life, a brand new start. Nothing against us spiritually. Some people think they're beyond hope. I'm here to tell you, hope is yours. Is there anyone here that would like to be prayed for to receive Jesus this morning? Would you just put your hands up so I can see? Is there anybody here? Well, you've heard the message. Amen. You've heard the message. If you need healing in your body, that same Savior, His blood was poured out for your healing. For by His stripes ye were healed. Amen. Jesus has defeated the enemy. We're not a church trying to get the victory. We're a church that has the victory. But if you're suffering in pain, I want to pray for you this morning. That's how we're going to do it. How many have pain in their bodies and right now? How many have pain? Okay, a few hands here. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Anybody else? Amen. I'm here to tell you that it's not God's will that that stays in your life. It's not God's will. It's not God's will. I'm not teaching specifically on healing. Nobody can ever convince me that God is not the healer. You want to know why? It's his nature. God is love. To say he doesn't heal today means that God's changed. When did he change? Who has the right to remove the title Jehovah Rapha? Who has the right to remove that title for God? If you can, keep your hand up because we're all going to pray together. Keep your hand up so people around you can see. Okay. Did you know the laying on of hands? is part of our main doctrines for the, uh, in the body of Christ. Yeah. You see somebody with their hand up, just reach over. Are you all right with that? Reach over. You're not going to get anything. 
There's a hand over here on the end. Just reach over. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Anybody else? Hands up. There's a hand up in the back. Is somebody putting a hand on them? See, this gospel isn't just one or two people on stage. It's all of us. The church is a soul-winning, healing, delivering machine, if I can say that. It's the body of, his, uh, of Christ. It's, we're his body in this earth. So if the head is anointed, the body is anointed. I take authority over all pain right now in Jesus' name. We declare it to go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just receive your healing. Amen. Don't look to your body. Don't look to your body. Look to your faith right now. Now let's start thanking God that it's done. It's done. Say it's done. It's done in Jesus' name. 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 What just happened? It's done. Amen? You don't just do that in church. Where it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall what? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Doesn't really say anything about praying out loud there. Just get your hands on people and love on them. Amen? Okay. Sometimes you have to use wisdom, but you know. Amen. You don't go into an operating room and tell the doctors and nurses to get out. You don't do stuff like that. I've waited outside a hospital room for hours till they'd let me in to pray for somebody. Are you listening to me? Yeah, but I feel anointed. The greatest miracles I've ever seen, I didn't feel a thing. Now I'm talking about blind eyes opening up. I'm talking about people that were dead and are now alive to this day. I didn't feel a thing. Because if I did, I would have taken credit for it. Did you get anything out of today? Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. Pastor Pam, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.